Good evening. You are listening to a Rattledge Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the Mandated Reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight, our favorite show is All Elite Wrestling Full Gear 2021, headlined by, for the first time, for the last time, hopefully, Kenny Omega <laughs> versus Hangman. Adam Page for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. I am joined by Chris Bailey. Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, how do you do? How do you do? How do you do? I am um, doing super, Mark. Oh, one second. Go ahead, Mark Radley. Well, I was going to say, um, I, I'm going to have to change your nickname. You have you have earned a new nickname. Okay? You're no the longer... The visionary. The visionary, I think. No, you're no longer Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, because we no longer call you by someone else's name and have to keep saying your name to remind us who you are. No, instead, you're now Chris Bailey, dead horse. Sorry, Chris, <laughs> dead horse, Bailey. We get it, okay? We get it. <laughs> I... I... I don't know if this is the time for an apology for Mark Radlich. I don't know, but no, we'll save that. We'll save that a little bit later. Well, hang on. I'll, no, I'm going to address this right that right now, okay? And then we're going to move on from this. <laughs> the deal was if Eternals didn't financially perform north of $500 million, which, I would which public, it did not. It Woo! hasn't finished its run, sir. Movies don't run. We are not yet in the... 30 72 hour window theatrical window run era we're still in 45 day run how many days of trying to not curse and it's hard i'm gonna vibrate how many days has eternals been out just yet yet yes or no less than 45 correct yes okay so how, the race isn't over days, yet how many days has it sucked and barely beaten clifford the big red dog in theater Okay, well, number one, days. that's a lie. Let's not give, <laughs> let's not give the Paramount Plus uh, day and date movie more credit than it deserves. Fair game. All right, I'll I'll I'll, I'll rescind that till the later date then. <laughs> when it when when Eternals reaches its forty five day window, if it hasn't made more than five hundred million worldwide, dead horse, then I will publicly apologize, and not it a moment not. before. It will not. It will not. I the believe Chinese, you. The Chinese, the Chinese will not let me down. I they believe will. you, but can we wait for the patient to die before we bury it? <laughs> <laughs> I think this patient is dead, dead, brother. And that's why you're not a doctor. Now, listen, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about full gear for the, yes, sir. hopefully, at some point. Um, we The last time we did a review, we did Crown Jewel, and both of us kind of said, Hey, you know, the WWE put on a solid, entertaining, fun event, and we enjoyed it. And, you know, we had quibbles here or there, but for the most part, it was other than the kind of typical complaints we have about modern big time wrestling from the big two, a little too long, a little too much of the same stuff. But overall, if you're not mired, if you're not either mired in modern wrestling or deeply in love with it to the point that you are you can't be critical like some people are about 80s nostalgia 
Hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Listen, my entire argument is if you are making a nostalgic product, it should reflect the audience that watched the damn thing in the beginning. I'm not, not someone's creative vision. My God, maybe we should turn Electro blue and have I'm him as not convinced as Jamie Foxx. You no. love your family more than 80s nostalgia. Uh, okay, not... <laughs> let's make Gem and the Holograms a YouTube star. Great idea. I'm just what could saying, possibly go wrong? I'm, I'm just saying maybe a little more, you know, critical evaluation of things might be in order. Just any, anywho, anyway. I don't know why this failed. Gosh, you're either you're either mired in too much wrestling or you know or or whatever. Um, generally speaking, I th they put on a good review, and that's pretty much yeah. where I landed with full gear overall definitely um, yeah de definitely i think we had a lot of the same things happening like right yeah. now if you put me into figure four and gave me the middle finger saying no i'm not gonna <laughs> give up that was that that spot took place about 50 times in this whole pay-per-view <laughs> so no i'm being serious and this is yeah. this is a general complaint so mm -hmm. you don't have anybody monitoring from match to match you know the same thing happening so wwe will get credit and who i'm starting with the wwe credit you know that that never happens <laughs> Immediately but anyway all our listeners that's fine <laughs> they, they go through their matches and they book mm -hmm. their matches so something that happens in match one if someone goes through a table generally now sometimes there's an exception sure doesn't happen down the you know in the I, latter I think matches, somebody you know I, mean? I think somebody on a podcast or an interview somewhere um talked about how you couldn't use the super kick as a transition move in an early match if Shawn Michaels was using it in a finisher in his match. Boy, did AEW not get that memo. Right. And and there therein lies the difference. So I, I'm not going to spend the entire hour-long conversation complaining about the length of the pay-per-view. It's no, no. it was too long, but they're all too long now. Crown Jewel was too long. This was too long. Four hours is too long for a wrestling event. Here's here's um, what I, here's what I feel, Mark. I feel mm -hmm. that. I, yes, four hours is too long, but I think it's Monday Night Raw is too long. It's all I think too long. Th I, th I think this is, this is why we're at this point, because we're exhausted, we're burned out. By right. the time we get to the pay-per-view, we've got 12 to 13 to 14 hours worth of content that we would have had to absorb. But now, smart people like us will go, <laughs> hell no, we'll watch the recap show or skip it completely. Yeah, like I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I haven't watched AEW, and I was like a, a big time follower. If, if if I didn't watch anything, I would watch Dynamite. I haven't watched Absolutely. Dynamite probably since um, since Brian uh, Daniel Bryan showed up. Brian Danielson. Now I can't get his name straight. Daniel Bryanson. Um, Daniel Bryan Danielson. Thank Wait. you. <laughs> I'll get it eventually. <laughs> CM Punkelson um, <laughs> showed up and, uh, you know, showed up. And like, so I would say for the past month or so, just because I've been busy with other stuff, I haven't been able sure. to watch Dynamite. But I, I was excited for Full Gear, and a lot of Full Gear felt kind of fresh to me because I hadn't yeah. been following the weekly product. I said the same thing, the very same thing about Crown Jewel, where like, yeah. I don't watch Raw and I don't watch SmackDown, so it all feels fresh to me. That being said, and, and then we can get into the pay-per-view itself, um, the problem with even, even it all feeling fresh and you and having a genuine feeling of excitement for the matches, when it's four hours, by hour three, I'm checking out. I'm either a half asleep on my phone, fully asleep, or I'm just like, I, I just want it to end. I don't even care what's happening. Yeah. By the time they got to the team, to the um, team, uh, what is it, team, top team? Yep. Uh, team, Gant, 
American Top Team. I could not think of the name of it. By the time we got to American Top Team versus the Inner Circle, a match I wanted to see and was genuinely interested in because I'm like a big Junior Dos Santos fan. Oh yeah, I no longer cared, and and I I honestly think I might have slept through it. Yeah, like and, and again, same thing with Kenny Omega versus uh, Hangman Page. Like I was excited to finally see Hangman get the belt, which is like if they hadn't done that, we'd have a completely different co- be having a completely different conversation right now. Um, but I, by the time after four hours, by the time we got to the match, I was like, I just want to go to bed. I I don't know how the young whippersnappers feel about that who might be listening to this going, no, 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 no. I love to watch eight hour wrestling shows seven days a week. That's fine. You have to know you're in the minority. You have to know that people, if you were like four hours, I can't get enough pro wrestling. I could watch pro wrestling 24 hours, seven days a week and never get tired of it. You have to know you're in a very, very small minority. The majority of people watching can't sit through this much television all in one, all, all at once. I mean, like the UFC runs six, seven hour shows, you know, from start to finish, but nobody watches through the whole thing unless they're covering it for a website. No, you're right on the money. Like the, the, the length of these things are, you know, have gotten extreme, but same with the length and the extra content that's out there. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, is too much of a good thing, sometimes too much of a good thing and detrimental to the product. Yeah. It, 100% showing right now. We've never been super served with professional wrestling this hard. Even in its heyday, even back in the Attitude Era, there was not this much content out there. I mean, all the promotions are kicking in full steam. It's not only, you know, uh, WWE and AEW. I mean, everybody has marathons. New Japan is like, I swear to God, their shows that started in January is still going now. You know what I mean? It's it's ridiculous. But All right. So the beginning of this four-hour marathon began with a dark match on uh, YouTube. Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter and Nyla Rose. Shida and Rosa defeated them in 12 minutes, 32 seconds. Um, I'm going to say it now, and I'm not repeating myself anymore. Not only was the was the um, the, the whole show too long, but some of these matches were overly long, too. Every one of these could have used at least a three to seven minute ed- edit off their time, beginning with this one. But outside of that... Um, I have to say, <clears throat> I don't have too many complaints about any single match in terms of the actual wrestling. The right. wrestling tonight was all pretty solid. Nobody nobody seemed to be tripping over their feet. Nothing looked especially ridiculous. Um, so this was a solid opener. I thought the girls put on a competent match. Yeah, think about this. So right now, the buy-in is specifically for to buy the pay-per-view. And they, they use the girls as leverage here. So... I think mission accomplished because I'm waiting to see the buy rate on this thing. And I think it's going to be very, very good. And uh, listen, they've got a lot of faith in their, their lady athletes and uh, there's good reason. So Jade Cargill is not ahead to here. I'm happy. They got Thunder Rosa who by God, uh, you know, where I'm a visionary, you know, where I predicted the Eternals was going to suck. And it did mm-hmm. uh, same thing with, um, so you got two people that are on the horizon. You got Jade Cargill and you got Thunder Rosa, both people, will be the, the next, you know, ladies champion in AEW. And I think Thunder Rose is the person who's going to take out, finally, DMD. Ha- I think Thunder Rose, I think you're right, but I only think that so that they can transition it to Jade Cargill without having <laughs> yes. a skill versus skill match. That's exactly what's happening. <clears throat> I think um, I, I think they're going to rebuild Thunder Rose. She'll end up beating DMD, 
and then a month later, like not not even <laughs> like as soon as the next big event they need to they need to do, whether it's a special dynamite, specially named dynamite or uh, another pay per view. Yeah, Jade Cargill, they got to get the belt on her. <laughs> she is money. She- yeah, she she is like uh, China 2021. I mean, like literally everything about her is, you know, she's she's the action figure in the wrestling ring, man. Without, like she, with, she without looks like money. condemning the dead, she, you say she's China and, you know. In her heyday. Yeah, um, but what I was going to say, I was going to give credit where credit's due. Jade Cargill is like 100% more of an attractive female, like traditionally attractive female, not even like. Oh, if you're Uh-oh. into that sort of thing, like Uh-oh. Jade Jade Cargill, even if she wasn't like super muscular, would also would just be an attractive lady. I'm completely you know? offended. Completely offended. I'm sure you are. Oh, oh my god! Wouldn't be the first time I offended a guy this week talking about a pretty lady. <laughs> so listen, <laughs> and you also got one thing here that they that I requested last time. We wondered what happened to Hikaru Shida. Mm-hmm. You know, she she was invincible as the right. AEW Women's Champion, and all of a sudden she started surfing bodies on dark. <laughs> like literally disappeared from the radar of the universe right. and they're slowly building her up. But I think she's just a stepping stone and fodder right now for, uh, for Jade Cargill to destroy along the way. Agreed. Uh, let's move on to the next match. Uh, our pay-per-view. St- this one was kind of weird. I don't know why they started with this one and not one of the other ones later on in the evening. I mean, as I look through that list, I guess I can see why, but this was still kind of a, a goofy one to start off with. I thought uh, MJF took on Darby Allen uh in 22 minutes and for again i don't want to keep repeating myself so for most of this match this was really solid the uh mjf is a great storyteller i think mjf is probably one of the few guys right now whose psychology is generally never bad in any match he's in he might sometimes not mix the best i mean i think everyone kind of I, i think his match with john moxley last year at all out people didn't like it just they they they, the two of them just didn't mesh well but generally speaking i always enjoy the best thing about an mjf match is his psychology and you know and darby allen is used to having these matches where he's the smaller guy and he gets thrown around but it's a lot of hope spots and well mjf is not miro by any stretch of the imagination by comparison they still worked a psychology of of darby allen having to come from you know come from underneath and overcome a bigger superior opponent so this match for a period of time was great until it overstayed its welcome um i really liked it i thought uh, and i liked the finish I, I i'm glad mjf darby allen can afford a loss and i'm glad mjf went over yeah me too and you had a lot of things so you you know darby allen incorporates a cinematic element so we got to see mm-hmm. his entrance where he's you know driving this beater of a car and he flips it over and he emerges from the smoke brother you know <laughs> uh what you got here you're starting you're starting the uh the show with two basically now i know mjf you know was in definitely you know similar other promotions before this sure. but both men feel homegrown so you're yes. starting with two over homegrown talents which is probably the right way to do it if you're starting with like a uh you know a sleeping pill like christian cage that's the wrong answer so you start with two hot properties a mega heel in mjf you got you know the hot commodity the up-and-comer darby allen who's selling merchandise who's your action figure who the kids dig and uh i think they they didn't do wrong here and uh mjf goes over and uh right finish but listen one, one spot in this match i want to call out so yeah. MJF rolls to the outside. You get to see Darby Allen climb up, and he's going to do his coffin drop. 
Mm-hmm. He almost misses the coffin drop and literally from the top rope straight to his ass on the outside. Brother, that has to hurt. I'm just saying. Yeah, he's going to be, be like Mick Foley where he looks back on his career and goes, maybe don't take every bump on your hip. Yes. You know, or Very Hogan. Important. Like if I had known I was going to be leg dropping people seven days a week for like 10 years straight, I might have picked a different finisher. Maybe he's gonna, he's he's going to be if he ever gets popular and gets to the like a like a larger stage or something like that mm-hmm. or AEW elevates their game something he's going to definitely be pulling the doesn't work for me brother. <laughs> All right, uh, the next match, the Lucha Brothers, who are I guess the current AEW Tag Team Champions, took on FTR, who are the Triple A Tag Team Champions, and this was for the AEW uh, belt. This was a little less than twenty minutes. And I'll tell you what, I've been kind of out on FTR for a while. I think they've been just criminally mismanaged, misused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Jim Cornette said, Jim, Jim Cornette's conspiracy theory is that the Young Bucks brought them in just to beat them and then bury them so that, you know, easily fooled people, like people who think that um, just because something's 80s nostalgia is automatically good and don't think about it critically, those mm-hmm. people would just hate on FTR and think they're bad. <laughs> not this guy um and anyway uh i don't know how well that's worked i don't know what the buzz on ftr is these days but i've but because of that i've been kind of out on ftr i think i think their matches have sucked as of late this was great um formulaic, I, formulaic i'll say lately yeah um i this, this reminded me of the old the the old ftr mm-hmm. um a little bit a little bit heavy on the we kick out of everything and nothing hurts anyone. Like I, there was a point at which I watched this with my wife and there was a point at which I kind of turned to her and I said, short of a shotgun blast to the head, does anything pin anyone anymore? There have been at least 10 finishing sequences in this match. Any one of them would have worked. So, so creatively, you got to get yourself out of that hole where you're kicking out of finishers. There's lots of ways, you know, there's the ref stoppage. There's, uh, you know, someone jumping in on you from the outside. There's, there's, uh, you know, distraction on the outside. There's all kinds of things. You don't have to have people kick out of every move. Get right. creative people because you're hurting the product. You're hurting the finishers. A finisher should finish. Right. I like Straight it better. What FTR was really, really good at, what made FTR, one of the things that made FTR um, stand out in NXT and then to, to a degree on the main roster was that they weren't kicking out of finishers. The other guy was saving his partner. Bingo, right on the money. That's what you do. But you get creative with that. Right. And when I think about like the best tag team matches of the last 30 years or so, it's always the guys that, you know, the thing about tag team psychology is that it's obviously different from single wrestling uh, psychology. Your partner should be paying attention and and be there to save you. So you hope, so you always, so you had legitimately situations where guys were beat, they were dead. You know, the other team, the other team had hit him with their finisher, but they were saved by their partner or something Correct. happened or there was a manager distraction. There, you know, there were things where you legitimately had the guy beat. He was not going to kick out, but he got saved anyway by others, by another set of circumstances. And that's what FTR really excelled in. Everything was tight. Everything was quick. They were, you know, they were always up and they were, all, you know, and they were always creating dynamic interactions in the match. We hadn't seen that for a while. We saw it here tonight. But my um, but there was more of the kick out of everything than there was the former that I just described, and I think and that they, was a that was a frustration a, for me. 
they brought it to a new level where they were doing tandem kickouts. So both yeah. members of <laughs> both members of FTR were being pinned by the by the Lucha Brothers, and both men kicked out of the finishes. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's hitting like the fear factor, trying to put someone away, and both men kick out when both men make the cover. So you know, psychology wise, these things take a hit. But you know, the Lucha Brothers are a spectacle. People come yeah. with expectations of what to expect. And right. shame on AEW that they don't give us anything different with these guys. But uh, you know, it I, I think if you're if you're a Lucha Brothers, you know, person fan, mm-hmm. I think you were you were served here. I think you were served here. Yeah. But uh like 20, I said, minutes, I... 20 minutes too long, shave five minutes off that thing. Uh yeah. FTR is super, super, super repetitive. I mean, well, I've seen this match a million times, even though it hasn't happened a million times. So I, I think the last thing I'll say on it is I so if if a match is perfect it's three stars right let 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 that's the that's the grading criteria i'm going to use um you know or, or three three parts right so two-thirds of this match was good yeah one absolutely. i had a problem with one third of it and that's kind of where i landed with a lot of the matches tonight where i'm like two-thirds of this was great one th- you know the, there's a blemish here a problem there and like yeah, one yeah. third of it is the thing that I have to kind of, you know, call out as being critically not what it should be. Can um, I tell you the hardest working man in this match? Mm-hmm. Excalibur on the <laughs> mic. Listen, is, is there is there anybody sharper on the call when it comes to calling moves, specific moves and setups than Excalibur? I don't know. I I, I haven't seen it. I'll tell you he, what, Jim Cornette criticizes that about him. You know, so there are two there are two ways that you can do commentary. Um, and and I speak from my amateur experience doing the boxing commentaries with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, remember that, you know, I, I kind of think about the before uh, broadcast television, sports were broadcasted on the radio. So the person doing the commentary had to be able to tell you the story of what was happening uh, so that you had a picture of it in your mind while you were listening right. to it on the radio. And, and that still exists to a degree today. You know, people, you can listen to football games and stuff or baseball games on the radio. Correct. Like satellite radio and stuff. Um, so when I'm doing it, I don't call every single punch. I try to be, no. I try to describe what it is I'm watching. And right. I will say, oh, the, you know, a combination there, you know, a big left hook. But I'm not like punch, punch. You know, like what does Conrad say about battle royals? Forearm, forearm. Oh, <laughs> but that's true. Forearm, 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 hold spot. You know what I mean? Right. You're, you're right. You're right. You can't call everything, but. Excalibur seems to <laughs> everything and, and that's he knows where, everything. And that's the thing. I think some people like that. I think some people don't want to be, I don't, I don't think people want, there are some people out there that don't want wrestling to be shaped as storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like they, they seem to have this, it's like, they know it's, they know it's not real, but they want to be convinced that it is except that they want to be convinced that the nonsense they're watching could actually happen if you get my meaning. So if a guy dives off onto his head and then kicks, you know, you know, directly onto his head, dives off the top rope, lands directly onto his head and then kicks out of a three count. Look, nobody would really do that, but they want to be convinced that that could actually happen. You know, that, you know, they want to be convinced that two guys would legitimately sit in folding chairs and take turns slapping each other. (laughs) (laughs) a good example so so uh you know don't judge me but Mm -hmm. there was a tiktok (laughs) that i saw with two guys (laughs) two guys having a street fight Mm -hmm. and uh one guy broke out the shameless white noise and i was like but guess what (laughs) that dude didn't kick out after he hit that on the pavement let me tell you sure he didn't 
So anyway, that's that's my only thing. You know, I think there are some people who like the Excalibur call every move because you know I do I, for this match I do. There are people who you know, like like Vince McMahon, where, where he's like what the polar opposite in the in the in the grand tradition of what uh, a maneuver wrestling kind maneuver. Where he didn't call any moves, you know. So yeah. like so, and Jim Ross was always kind of in the middle of that. Jim Ross was a good storyteller, but he also was able to call the action in a way that sounded believable. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just a matter of preference. I don't particularly like Excalibur. I don't need to hear that this is a, you know, sunset flipping, you know, yeah. uh, Mexican concante, whatever whatever the hell it is he <laughs> says. <laughs> but I know I'm not the only audience in wrestling. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Next. It it, I think it worked for this match. That's all. Best match of the night, Brian Danielson versus Miro. But I had to laugh about this because I was like, and now your SmackDown main event. Daniel oh, yeah, Bryan versus Rusev. This is um, this is why it's important to start with the Darby Allens. You know what I mean? No, no, I'm serious. That that's mm -hmm. why it's important to because you need to use these people to elevate mm -hmm. your existing talent or at least build everybody up. Because your goal in AEW is not to steal people from another company and make your mm -hmm. money off that. I mean that that's a bonus, right? But you also got to use that to elevate your existing talent, your Jungle Boys, your Luchasauruses, your MJFs, your Darby Allens. All these people should benefit from being in the ring with one of these guys. But here we have, like you said, the SmackDown main event. So, I think Daniel Bryan's the best wrestler of the last decade. Like, man, there's an argument there. That's for sure. I'll tell purely you, purely on a, a technical one. basis, and, and I say that not because I'm like the world's biggest Daniel Bryan. I am, but like I, I when I think about how he either makes the guy he's with look better than he actually might be, yes. or he just has the best match of the night consistently. I, I don't know how you can't call him the best wrestler going today. Maybe you're, you know, like it like top five, right? Daniel Bryan, Will yeah. Ospreay, Kenny Omega. Yeah. Who else? Seth Rollins, maybe. You know, um, it could be an argument, you know, like, unless you're going to Okada and Naito. okay, I, I okay, so one or two other guys from New Japan whose names yeah. I cannot remember at this time, and yeah. then and, and and that's it. But I, I feel like if you factor all the pillars in that make a good modern wrestler, your ability to look good in your own matches, making another person look good, selling tickets, notoriety, um, legacy. I don't know. I don't know if there's better right now than Daniel Bryan that 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 clicks every single box. The only one that he probably doesn't click for a lot of people is size. Like he doesn't necessarily look I, like. I, I don't wrestler. think it matters in AEW. I, I don't. No, think it doesn't. But I, I, I but I but Pat Mullen right now just his his ears started to burn when I said that because he's a guy who who there's a box that Daniel Bryan doesn't check. There's a box that a lot of these guys don't check for him, and that is they all look like vanilla midgets. Um. So. But I think discounting that particular opinion, everything else Daniel Bryan excels at above, even even above Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega. I think Daniel Bryan is unchained in, in um, AEW right now because you sure. see a lot bigger moveset from him. His psychology mm -hmm. is different. He plays to the camera differently. This is the best of Daniel Bryan. And listen, and thank God the yes chants are done. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. the audience are still trying it, but he's not playing into that. So that right. is not his crutch anymore. Thank well, he, God. He went we don't to have AEW. the yes movement. He, he's one of these guys who, like, he went to the WWE. He was a good soldier, got injured so a few times, but, but did what he was told. Um, had a few interesting moments that, are, that I think are pretty historical now. You know, the, uh, what was it, uh, the Occupy Raw night. By the way, real quick story about that. 
you're sticking your tongue out. And and I feel like now you're going to be one of the guys I'm about to complain about. Go. But no, but I was one of these people who thought the Occupy Raw segment was one of the best things they'd done in years. Like, it was really? awesome. Ex explain. Okay. So do you know what the Occupy movement was? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, I, so I, I don't know. Some people I feel like don't know what it was or what it represented. But it was people who basically, it was a protest. Yeah. Um. It was people like um, we're gonna we're gonna disrupt traffic. We're gonna you know disrupt commerce because there are things happening that we don't approve of and we want to see change. And you're not gonna listen to reason, so we'll be unreasonable until you're you know, until you're forced to make changes in order for life to resume. That yeah, was essentially so, the Occupy movement. So so here's here's my criticism of the the Occupy or the uh, Yes movement in Ra. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. Everything well, that I'm, I'm talking specifically the night he all the fans jumped the rail, right? Yeah, absolutely. The fans jumped right. the rails and stood in the ring and, and for, forcing Triple H to give him his match at WrestleMania. Up, I up, know that was a brilliant segment, is what up, I'm saying. Up to that point, mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan was completely authentic and organic. Things were mm -hmm. happening, the yes chants were happening in spite of their best efforts to squash this guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He's not a sizable guy, he's not going to main event. We're going to do a triple threat in the main event. All the different things that you throw in there to ruin a guy's, you know, <laughs> credibility and try to break him down. We're gonna go with John Cena and Randy Orton again. The fans okay. were so not having to, it. Yes, to yes, be yes. clear, they were pushing Batista at that point. Batista had just come back. He won the Royal Rumble. He was gonna wrestle Randy Orton in the main event of WrestleMania, and everyone plots. Okay, poor Rey Mysterio was booed out of the building at the Royal Rumble when it wasn't Daniel Bryan. So the night that they were trying to do, I swear to God, it was seen on Randy Orton again for another thing. And all the wrestlers were in the ring, just basically standing by a Shawn Michaels, Triple H. Mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan was in the ring and that crowd was going knocking futs. Yes. They were yes and yes and yes and yes. And that was organic. That felt real. Right. When they did this, it felt like, oh no, they just turned this into a gimmick. They, they're trying to co-opt this and make it their own. And I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah, listen, if they if they opened up if they opened up the gate and just let the fans pour in and just let it happen organically, I would have been perfectly fine with it. This was just some prop dummies in the corner and it was controlled and calculated. Didn't like you know? That. In an alternate universe, I probably would have made that argument, but I'm yeah, fair, fair enough. It's wrestling. <laughs> what are we arguing about here? Right. Um. But for the for the sake of moving this on, I I loved it because it did take something that was really happening in the world, and I and. Yes, it was staged, but it felt organic, and isn't that wrestling? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, you're right on the money. And not only that, it was an acknowledgement mm -hmm. finally that this guy is over, right? But it also which they were which they were straying away from, right? What made it authentic was the story was that Triple H and Stephanie were holding Daniel Bryan down. They didn't see him, you know. It was it was art reflecting life and life reflecting art. They but they were. It was that movie. was legit story. That was a legit right. happening. But well, yeah. yes. But then they it, kind of like you know the Montreal screw job and everything, where it's like, well, this is what's happening behind the scenes, but let's do it on camera. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know, and so how in, you know if you're if you're thinking about right if you're writing a story and you're thinking about how do you get the guy to listen to you, hold you know make it so he can't make money, make it so that if he doesn't make a change, he will lose things. And so right. Daniel Bryan hijacks Raw, mm -hmm. you know, and, and here's the thing. When, when, when Steve Austin would do stuff like this, what would happen to Steve Austin? He'd get arrested. Right. Okay? They could arrest him. Ten cops jump on Steve Austin, handcuff him, and drag him out screaming from Raw. Yep. How do you stop that from happening? You can't without a mass of people. They're not going to arrest everybody. 
They couldn't arrest everybody in the Occupy protest. They're not going to arrest the 50 people in that ring that night. That was the point. That was, you know, and I had a guy argue with me about that. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't get this. At some point, this is why Gandhi did what he did. <laughs> okay. You're right. You're right. At some point, you're shaming the power, you know, the, the power people into having to change because if they don't, they will be seen across the world as villains. That's what Daniel Bryan did to Triple H that night. That's why that segment works for me. So going all the way back to where we started, Daniel Bryan versus Miro. Yep. He is consistently having the best matches of any show I watch. Yes, like he with, is. And, and without being like a huge stand of the guy, like I never find fault with anything he does. And God knows I'm looking just because I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, jerking the guy off. But I, but Miro too, since Miro got away from uh, what's his nuts and his girlfriend, uh, oh, since Miro went crazy and became yep. God's favorite champion, the Redeemer. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. That's how much he means to me. Um, since Miro became God's favorite champion and Daniel Bryan's gotten away from the WWE, both of them have been on fire and been in the best segments of anything I've watched. And them together was the best match of this entire card. It was better than Kenny Omega, Hangman Page. I got news for you. This was outstanding. If any match needed to be, if any match needed, hang on, if any match needed to be 20 minutes, it was this one. No, no question. I agree. Everything you've said so far. Uh, this match was specifically set up. The person who wins this will be the number one contender. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks that Hangman Page is winning that belt at the end of the night. I don't think there was very many people that thought that Kenny Omega was going to come away with that strap. Not unless they wanted the legacy of Impact, which is shooting themselves in the foot. Correct. So what do you do? What's the obvious choice? To me, the first opponent for Hangman is not Daniel Bryan. He's brand new Miro. to the company. It's Miro. So yep. this is a giant red herring. That's what this is because people I think honestly thought, or I thought I wished that mm-hmm. Miro actually went over here, whether it was shenanigans, whether mm-hmm. it was a count out, they don't do count outs. Thank God. Uh, Miro. I honestly thought that they would, they should have given the ring to Miro because mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now that I thought the crowd was into it. Uh, the match energy was off the charts to the point that they copied a lot of the elements that happened in this match in several, two, two other separate matches. Um, you know, you in, had Miro who was world, on fire. In a perfect world, either Karrion Cross or Keith Lee mm-hmm. show up and cause Daniel Bearcat. Bryan to lose. Bearcat. Nope. Um, <laughs> either Killer Cross or um, or Keith Lee show up and cost Daniel Bryan the match. That, right. I, I, I wish right. that it happened. Right. Right. But instead, now we're going to go ahead with Daniel Bryan versus uh, versus Adam Page, which which I'm perfectly fine, you know, about. But I'm mm-hmm. telling you, there was points in this match where, especially when Miro started the show, you know, you're not going to hurt me with your shitty kicks. And he was starting to fire <laughs> up and he was starting to hulk up. Right. And I was like, yeah, tear his fucking head off. I, I really wanted him to kill him because I was super into Miro at this point. And I started mm-hmm. a Daniel Bryan fan, but Miro has something. And I don't want to see him Hikiro sheeted on Dark. I want to keep <laughs> elevating them, elevating mm-hmm. them, and pushing them to that main event scene because I think there's something magical happening with Miro right now. Daniel Bryan got the win, all well and good, but uh, I love we, this match. We talked about this in February with the Beach Bash thing, you know, yeah. in the wedding, and we were like, why, like, you know, before he turned into the Redeemer, we were complaining that, like, how is Miro not in the main event? How is Miro it's not crazy. the biggest heel right now? And that seems to be the direction he's going in. I don't know. I It's hard. I hate to be a mark about this, 
but I, I, I feel like, you know, when you, when you make Miro lose, it sets him back because he need, he's one of those guys that needs to be an indestructible monster and lose very infrequently. Right. I, th- I think he, it was a mistake. And I think having him take Daniel Bryan out, mm-hmm. he's so, he's so early on in his tenure that I don't think it really hurts Daniel Bryan, especially if it's right. super competitive. And this guy has already been established as a monster. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hey, it's my night off. I got to fight my way back. There's more meaning in Daniel Bryan winning a rematch mm-hmm. than it is winning this one. That's I don't understand why. Yeah, like I said, I don't understand why Daniel Bryan couldn't have messed up Miro on the outside, rolled back into the ring. Miro, you know, Miro's trying to shake it off. He's outside of the ring. Somebody jumps the rail, cracks Daniel Bryan over the head with a chair and runs, you know, and runs away while the ref is trying to like count Miro out. You know, see, <coughs> nobody sees it. Now, right. Daniel Bryan's dead in the ring. Miro, uh, you know, Miro shakes it off. He he sees a prone Daniel Bryan, jumps in the ring, uh, jump, you know, jump, gets it, steals a pin, like doesn't even th- doesn't even need to put him in the camel clutch. Just th- just jumps on top of him, yep. you know. And Daniel Bryan wakes up and it's like WTF. Meanwhile, standing at the foot of the ramp is anybody, Cross, oh, Keith Lee, oh so good, Braun, you know, Braun Strowman, somebody. Um, or you know, and if you don't want to, and if you don't want to bring in somebody new for that spot, have it somebody have it be somebody else that Daniel Bryan can wrestle. While Miro goes on to wrestle Adam Page. What a statement win it would have been if he put away Daniel Bryan with the mm-hmm. uh, well, Daniel Bryan. Jesus, here I go again. <laughs> Bryan Danielson with the with the camel clutch. I mean, that yeah. would have been unbelievable. I would have done that. I would have straight up put Miro. Well, up I don't like putting people in submission modes when they're submission moves when they're unconscious. Yeah, you're, 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 you're doing you're doing the cheap tactic and passing them out. Yeah, I know. It's, right. It feels dirty. Um. So good ma- good match though. Twenty minutes well spent. My favorite I'll, so far. I'll, you know what helped me? Uh, you know what helped me write that and that alternative ending? What's that? Grammarly. Oh, good good heavens, man! <laughs> I tell you what, they really really help us fix contextual mistakes in here in our writings. They do for you listeners of TV Party tonight and um, a presentation of Rattledge and Broadcasting on W2M. Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. Do download Grammarly today. Uh, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, it's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All right. And now we are into the back half of this extravaganza. Christian this is, Cage. This, this, this is the first match I didn't like. I didn't want. Yeah. Don't want. Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express uh, of Always a Bridesmaid, Never the Bride, Jungle Boy, yeah. uh, and the Luchasaurus defeated the super click of Adam Cole and the Young Bucks in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, this is where Mark, the pay-per-view started to lose me. Mark, when you see Christian Cage come out, what's your first reaction? My first reaction is... I would like to use the bathroom right now. I would like to take my TV and throw it through the wall. Well, that's when I start scrolling through porn on my phone. Um, (laughs) It's a better option. You know, that's when I'm on TikTok. That's when I'm checking to see how many views we have on YouTube for a previous thing I've uploaded. You know, whatever. What, what were you? What were you? What were you pitching on Brazers there the other day? What was that? What were you making fun of? Was that Spider Man? It was um, old Aunt May versus young Aunt May. That was one of your buddies who said that, and I said only if Brazzers makes that movie. What? Mark, Mark Radlich, everybody. <laughs> I like gals. 
I do too. <laughs> no dudes for this guy. Just saying. I mean, not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but hey, you know, normalize. Hey, what is it on Twitter? What's 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 the big movement? Normalize sex work. Normalize sex work. I'm for you, ladies and <laughs> men. Everyone should have an OnlyFans. Check out Chris Bailey's OnlyFans. No, don't check out my where, OnlyFans. Where he takes off his pants and he compares his manhood to act to, to 80s action figures. He's like, <laughs> here's my here's here's my GoBot. Here's I my, quit. And now I quit. Here's, I quit. <laughs> and now here's my sound wave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's anyway, funny. I'll give you that one. Fair enough. <laughs> I've been I've been emasculated. Let's get into the match. <laughs> How did your, hey, honey, how did your how did your wrestling uh, podcast go today? Never bring it up again. <laughs> it was pitched to me that I could compare my genitalia to action figures. I'm, so I'm going least, into the woods to live deliberately. I'm at, I'm at least bigger than three and three quarter Duke from the Joe from the Joe line from the eighties. Okay, I mean, prove it. I don't know. Approve it when you when you subscribe <laughs> to Chris Bailey's no, OnlyFans. I ain't proving nothing. Oh. Uh, normalized sex work. Anyway, speaking of normalizing sex work. Christian Cage and the Luigi and the Jurassic Express versus the super click of Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Um, it was fine. Like I said, I wasn't particularly interested. They, you know, I, I, this was one where I think if you were there and, and you, you know, you were engaged in what was happening, it was probably a fun match to watch. But yeah. I've seen now I, I there's a false count anywhere match every week of some kind people are con even and even if there isn't people are constantly brawling through the arena so i don't know why i'm supposed to care about this if i don't really care about the participants in it either too much repetition and yeah. this is this is a good example this is the this is the one that that makes the show take a downward spiral mm -hmm. because you get to see everything in this that we've already seen from ftr they mm -hmm. got a mixture of the you know i'm gonna hulk up and do yeah. we just saw daniel bryan again and you got Christian Cage, who I just don't want on my screen. I, I don't want it. I don't want it. Now, you don't you want had... to see him outwork everyone. Good, good for you. I don't want I don't want to see you work at all. Okay. <laughs> don't work at all should be his new tagline. That's Please. Man. <laughs> Stop anyway, working this... altogether. Yeah, <laughs> this one ended with Christian Cage and Jurassic Express getting the win. And mm -hmm. they took out uh, which one did they take it? One of the Jacksons. With the concerto. Now, Christian was about to set it up. Jungle Boy says, no, brother. Needs yeah. to be me. And he takes the concerto. And he really waffles this guy. I mean, mm -hmm. he takes him downtown to Chinatown on this one. And uh, gets the win. But It's a weird world we live in when that's your good guy. Right. You know? <laughs> like, all right. I, uh, my, my, my story arc, my, my character arc is that I'm going to waffle a guy with a chair. I'm going to take revenge on him. I'm, you know, an eye for an eye. It's like really interesting moral lessons we're getting in wrestling these days yeah this this was a bit off and especially when you consider what happens at the very end of the show with the young bucks which we'll yeah. get into a little bit later it's it's curious that they went this way curious and curious sir um curious you... george might be another movie that may come out live action and beat the eternals I'm just saying you know what clifford did so well i hang on if you're gonna keep doing that hang on oh Man, that poor horse. <laughs> Just taking blows left and right here today. <laughs> um, speaking right. of taking speaking blows, make sex work. Never mind. Um, Cody Rhodes and Pack defeated Malachi Black, who will be appearing at the next House of Glory show um, versus Amazing Red. 
took on Andrade amazing, L. Amazing red. Yeah, did you did you not hear me and Harry just uh talking about XPW and House of Glory? I I I, I didn't. Yeah, you, enlighten me. Amazing uh, Red is still alive, number one. That shocks me. Yeah, amazing. Well, amazing red's promotion that he shares with Master P. Yeah. That makes you say, uh, na na na. Master P. Yes, as, of the No Limit Soldiers. Hootie who? That's hootie who. He oh makes God, you say, garbage. oh, Chris Bailey, na 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 na. No, no, no. Makes me, makes me say. Uh, oh, you're one of these rap is crap guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one thing that I hate, and it's a bunch of crap. I hate rap. There you go. No limit soldiers. Oh, well. The Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to mess with. Anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> skip. Skip. Move on. Move on. So, to point point of order, Will Ospreay took on, um, speaking of the hotness, Will Ospreay took on Amazing Red in the uh, return of the House of Glory promotion after a year off because of the pandemic. And then they announced that Amazing Red would be taking on Malachi Black at their next show. Cool. So, yeah. I'm, we I'm live in, in a fun- we're living in a fun wrestling world right now where, you know, big time TV stars show up in little indie promotions and, you know, in various parts of the country. Neat. What do you, what do you think of this particular match? House of Glory aside. <sighs> yeah. Um, I think this should have opened the pay-per-view because like. Really? Yeah. I mean, I they, they put it in the middle because you're supposed to care about it. It's supposed to be a higher profile. It's supposed to have higher profile. Got higher profile guys in a high profile match except that i couldn't have cared less about anybody in this match really uh, you're, you're right on the money so you got two people sardine can together one guy who the fans hate with an mm. unbridled passion paired up with someone that the fans really aew fans anyway genuinely mm. love in Pac. so you talk yeah. about trying to get some shine back on yourself you know partnering yourself with a super fan favorite who's technically over you know, they're trying to get some some of that booze off Cody Rhodes when really you need to be leaning into that and going straight up heel down the line. I think that's where we're headed with this. But was mm-hmm. was uh, Andre El Idolo, which is which I do not like that name. And uh, oh, my God. And Malachi Black. Were, were they even in this match? Did it matter? Here's the thing. Five years ago, this opened raw. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's what I mean. This is this is Neville and Cody versus what's his nuts and Andrade. Yeah, like exactly. Whatever. I think that's, that's part of the issue here. Is like I don't mind these guys getting cut or wanting to leave the WWE so they can wrestle in AEW, but if they don't do anything interesting with them, it's still the same guys that we've already seen on Raw television or SmackDown television, just having maybe technical better matches. And again, for that minority and and it is a minority of people who just want to watch wrestling 24 7 i'm sure they could tell me the finer points of the move set of these guys and how great this match was because they executed the move so well great i represent angry gun toting meat eating who gives a shit people and (laughs) and this this match did not entertain me despite wearing a bullet club shirt I, i i do not like guns Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. You've never I heard that lost, line. From, I, I never, just lost the Nick Beards. Did, have you not heard that line from Dennis Leary? What was you know, I, I represent shiny, happy people. Good for you. I represent angry, gun-toting, meat-eating yes. oh, people. Yes. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so um, th- this one this one was interesting because mm-hmm. there's a lot of protection going on with this one. So you couldn't yeah. put, you couldn't have Malachi Black lose. He's brand right. new. He's red hot coming in. 
Cody Rhodes beating anybody would have pissed <laughs> off the crowd. So right. you had to insert Pac. So you had to ins- you had to put Pac over, you know, Andrade Idolo here with the uh, black black arrow. I think is his finisher. Sure. I think I'm not. Yeah, Falcon arrow, black arrow. Yeah, I think it's the black arrow. The, the arrow, arrow first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What was going on in the Arrowverse, by the way, last last night? There was something going on on Twitter. Oh, there, it, it, it's their annual crossover event. What is so, it this time? It's called Armageddon, um, and I really no. and I couldn't tell you. I have Are not, they doing Armageddon? I don't know what they're doing. I just know it's called Armageddon. Oh, my I, God. I have One not. One of the most infamous, infamous screw-ups in, uh, in <laughs> event history. Okay. Yeah, I haven't watched anything on the CW in a year. I've, I've been too busy, like, with other stuff, and I just yeah. – I don't have a lot of t- – Let's put it this way: the only I, I can watch one show, one show that I can keep up on that that I'm not podcasting about, and that and for and most in the last two months that was impeachment. So now, now do you know why Mark Radlich is tied up? Because he watches so much Sven Gulli. That's for you, Dave. Yes, it's you, no. Sven Gulli. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Mark Radlich spends all his days hashtag Sven Gullying. That's what he does. That was basically you saying that I should start an OnlyFans and compare my penis to action figures. That's what that meant to me. Uh, now uh, I'm offended. Uh, <laughs> rightfully so. Anyway, um, the next match, Dr. Britt Baker DMD. Did you know she was a dentist? I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> Took on Ty Conti. I really like Ty Conti. Like, she did not get a fair shake in NXT. They beat, I mean, she's such an attractive gal. She has such a nice body on her. And she has a really good, she has a really good organic gimmick. She's like a legit jujitsu gal. Fans and, love this girl. And, yeah. And plus, they've leaned into the jujitsu background, which is super right. smart. She came out looking like Ronda Rousey, WrestleMania. You know, she had the, <laughs> the rolls in. She had the face paint. She looked badass. She's over with the fans. And I think this was a perfect opponent for Britt Baker. And she looked really, really strong despite the loss. And yeah. listen, you did, Ty Conti lost nothing in defeat in this match. She, no, be, you know, being beat by the champion doesn't, doesn't necessarily hurt you. And you know, her minions. It, right. You know, so you know, give Ty Conti some more wins, and she'll be fine. And and like I said, she's she, she is she is like legit one of the best technical wrestlers on that roster. Yeah, she's and not great. not only that, she she snuck a win, so you know mm-hmm. she was protected in the loss because it was a roll up. She used a leverage pin to get the win. So pretty cool. Yeah, no, this was a great match, and you know, and and uh, Britt Baker's had a pretty long run with the title now, so it'll be, you know, it'll mean something when she gets beaten. Yeah. Um, but and, and was Ty Conti the one to beat her? No, I'm not unhappy she lost, but she looked great. She looked great in her loss. She looked great, you know, uh, having the match. And I want to see more from Ty Conti. I think she's one of the better pickups they've had in their women's division. They've really built her relationship with Anna Jay, which I was surprised not to see Anna Jay at all around this, you know, mm-hmm. to help out, especially fight, you know, Britt Baker's cronies off. But but anyway, I, I enjoyed say, the match. That maybe at the, at the next big dynamite or at the next pay-per-view, let's do DMD and Jamie Hayter versus Ty Conti and Anna Jay. I think that'd be a fun I'd, tag team match. I'd I'd be in. I'd be yeah. in. Listen, that that's that's a that's a good match. And I love the way that uh that she names her moves after everything. So, you know, Tay Conte has the the DD Tay. <laughs> which i love you know what i mean that's pretty cool it's pretty fun it's pretty cool yeah. uh next match cm punk defeated eddie kingston all right so fill me in here um i like this match i think yeah. uh 
a couple things I wanted to talk about with CM Punk, but let, let's talk about the match first. The buzz afterwards, and then like I said, sometimes like I'll, I'll see a buzz, but I won't either. I don't have time to follow it because something else is going on in my world or the buzz itself isn't interesting to me, so I won't know what's happening. But there was a buzz after this that people didn't like this match for something, and I don't know why. Like, fill me in. So here you go. So so I think what, what happened here, you had an explosive build. You got two guys who were indie base taking on each other. You got a guy who's super heavily pushed and an underdog that the fans want to want to anoint. You know what I mean? Eddie Kingston is the fans guy right now. Okay. People love this guy. Despite him being a heel, he's he's getting that Daniel yeah. Bryan crowd push. It didn't matter. Take, take, take an aside and talk about what happened on Rampage that you insisted I watch that video. I want you to talk about it in depth. Yeah, yeah. So So you get these guys here. Uh, they've got a face-to-face, and these guys are grilling each other. Like um, mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston pointed out specifically and dangerously to to the detriment of a, a you know a, a high-paid talent that nobody wants them here. Nobody wants you in that dressing room. And there's a little bit of that sentiment that he's stealing, you know, stealing some of the limelight and just being shoehorned into the main event picture, which is technically not true with CM Punk because he's starting, you know, lower on the card, working his way up. But mm-hmm. he's going over the AEW guys, and there's a little bit of genuine resentment there. And then Punk counters with, well, you know, you basically, you never ever win a match, and, you know, uh, basically I'm saving you from being on dark. Okay, <laughs> also and, true. But it, which is also true, but mm-hmm. what happened, Eddie Kingston walks away with the fan win. You know what I mean? People right. want Kingston. And you put Punk in a very dangerous situation where he's going to get booed. And guess what? It happened. They booed CM Punk for a good portion of this match. Straight up, flat out booed. They had the yay boo going for a long time. And then he won him over. So there was a key point in the match itself where CM Punk got, got blood. And that sort of turned the tide. Fans were having like almost like a Steve Austin moment. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I'll tell you lost me in the match. You had Eddie Kingston, who was going full bore. This guy was laying stuff in, potato after potato, really, really lighting it up. And Punk's offense was really light and MMA-based. So, mm-hmm. you know, he'd get on top of him doing the ground and pound, barely making contact. And I'm like, man, what's what's going on with Punk's show here? And he seemed... He seemed not not a step off, just not laying stuff in hard enough. You know what I mean? It looked really mm-hmm. light, really fluffy. And um, then, of course, you had to end it with uh, with a go to sleep on Kingston. And I don't think fans really, really liked that. I think they wanted a little bit more. The match was a lot shorter than these 20-minute affairs. So, you know, it felt not like a burial of Kingston, but, you know, almost like that that dangerous Batista hand where you're like, man, should we put this guy over this guy right now at this moment? So, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. Dangerous territory. We're in Mark Radlich because you got Eddie Kingston. Who's let me tell you, he's fire and he's money. That's what I'll tell you. And CM Punk put himself into a predicament. He needs to move hard into another, another opponent right now or continue this feud. I wouldn't mind it. I psychology is great. I said when they booked him with Darby Allen first, they don't know what they're doing with CM Punk, and this is gonna this is going to unravel really fast. Really, there, fast. Were, there were two things I think that affected CM Punk, and it kind of reminds me of Taz and Kurt Angle, where um, I, I want to say like Taz made his date. I can't remember what order this goes in, but I feel like somebody got overshadowed by somebody else when Taz and Kurt Angle both appeared around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I, this is where I wish Harry were here because, like, he'd be like, "Well, here's what happened," and like yeah, graphic yeah, yeah. detail. Um, but if I remember correctly, wasn't that what happened? Like, 
like Taz came in and had you know and was immediately recognizable coming in from ECW. But did Kurt Angle come in like right after that and basically Taz was useless? No, they had a match. They actually wrestled. So okay, Taz debuted against Kurt Angle and beat him by submission. Okay. Now, you think that would be the launch pole for Taz? All mm-hmm. of a sudden, he's over on SmackDown, losing straight up to Triple H, and you're like. What? Okay. What? You know what I mean? Right. So they 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 use the he's a former ECW champion, badass, and then they didn't give him any kind of considerable push. They sort right. of just he just became right in the shuffle right away. Um I feel like it was Taz and Kurt Angle, but there might also have been another example of somebody made this big debut, but it immediately got overshadowed by another debut. Um in the, the last like history of, of professional 20 year history of professional wrestling. Doesn't matter. The point being, that's what happened with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. That's one problem was that you had CM Punk and, you know, and he had that great pop on Rampage or whatever he made his debut. Um, And it was like, you know, but we all wanted to see him do like the Shane Douglas bury your previous promotion promo. Um, That's what everyone was tuning in for. And he kind of did a little bit of that, but not really. Um, And then that was it. Now, now here's and the the most interesting thing about CM Punk was now done and over with. So he was sued for opening his mouth on the Colt Cabana podcast, where right. he absolutely buried the company, and him mm-hmm. and Cabana got heavily sued for that. Right. So you talk about a guy who's uh, very cautious about his words, it's CM Punk. Sure. I don't blame him. I'm just saying the most interesting thing about CM Punk was that he kind of represented a lot of fan animus towards the WWE, right. You know whether, what they perceive, what they believe, what they know to be true. Uh, what is actually true all of that like for example mark never go on the podcast and bury your cancer doctor this guy's a quack <laughs> oh my god never go to him you'll you know you'll be dead in a month you know what i mean i would oh never my- bury i would never bury moffitt cancer institution they are oh. a pinnacle of health and uh i've never had a bad experience there potential sponsor right there anyway sure. um <laughs> yeah sure um <laughs> You're gonna. I could do a, now a rant about this, but I won't. Um, <laughs> nobody can. Nobody wants to hear the troubles I've had with Moffat. In any case, um, <laughs> so my point being, uh, but once he once they're gonna do that, he becomes less interesting. But then it's like, okay, but see, but we all remember when CM Punk used to be a good wrestler. So right. you know he'll have good matches, and they immediately put him in with Darby Allen. And I'm like, that's and like and and you and you were one of those people, and you know whatever, who disagreed with me. And I'm like, okay, but he can only go down from there. And he did. Everything I said about that that was going to happen with CM Punk has happened at this point. So I can see why a lot of people are like favoring Eddie Kingston. It's like you were supposed to be like an Anakin from the prequels. You were supposed to be the chosen one. You were supposed (laughs) to lead us. (laughs) You know, meanwhile, they're they're over here is Daniel Bryan having the best matches of his career of the last 10 and, you know, and overshadowing CM Punk. Like, what do we need CM Punk for? We have Daniel Bryan. Right, like we so needed, we needed you when we didn't have Daniel Bryan. And now we here's, did. here's what happened with the CM Punk experiment so far. And here's where mm-hmm. I think they went south. So they got that mega pop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People could not wait to hear what he said. But then they drummed him out every single week, every single week right. on on you know on Rampage. Yep. It's CM Punk talks, CM Punk talks, CM Punk talks, and he right. talked, and he talked, and by God, did he talk, Mark? And said nothing. But he was on every single week. Right. And He's then when a he special. Somebody, he does, and when he wrestles somebody, he's wrestling like low, low, low card, mid card guys. Like right. CM Punk's an attraction. He's not Brock Lesnar, but yeah. he is an attraction. 
He's he, he's he, he looks at it. He looks at it that yeah. I mean, when you saw him wrestle powerhouse Hobbs, yeah, right. What you know? I, there's a another radio, uh, a talk show radio host from um, a couple of years back. They used to say, and he was talking about dating, but I think this applies to a lot of things. Like water seeks its own level. If you are constantly putting CM Punk with low tier, mid tier guys, that's all anyone's going to think CM Punk is. Right. Daniel, look at who Daniel Bryan wrestles. I mean, he's a he's a, he occasionally wrestles somebody probably not in his stature, but he's wrestled Kenny Omega at Grand right. Slam. He wrestled mm -hmm. what's his face, you know, when they went when they tried to have a dick measuring contest with SmackDown from <laughs> from Japan. You know, he tonight he's uh, he he wrestled Miro in a big yep. time match. Like see him, um, Daniel Bryan's been in some pretty top tier matches since his debut. What's right. CM Punk's biggest accomplishment? Dan Darby Allen? Like Darby he, Allen right now, yeah. Right. The only other one was Eddie Kingston, but Eddie Kingston also hasn't won a match since the year of the flood. So. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's, here's how I'm going to set this up for you. So mm -hmm. this will make sense to you. Okay, say you went like, what's your favorite meal? Tell me what your favorite meal is. Fried chicken, mashed potatoes, Fried and perfect. and green beans. So listen, you didn't eat for five days. You you come home. Melissa's got Melissa's got that cooked, ready to go for you, right? Sure, ready to go. You're loving it. How was that meal, Mark? You're loving it, right? Delicious, delicious. You come home day two. Melissa got a surprise for you. Same meal. Okay, so far day, you are describing my life, but go on. Day three, same. Day right. four, same. By the time day five comes around, you're like, Melissa, hey, uh, let's go to the taco shack down the street. Something, <laughs> anything. Right. This is what happened with CM Punk. He's the yeah. he's he's the trip to the taco shack right now. We need to get a break from mm. this CM Punk. And I yep. think we sort of did here, but they were on the verge of really making this go south. Yeah. Um, so was there something about the match specifically that 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 turned people off? Because it seemed I, like an okay match the, to me. Well, the shortness, the mm -hmm. Punk's pardon, it was not good. Like Eddie Kingston was firing on all cylinders. However, they didn't give him enough offense. They mm -hmm. sort of had Punk dominate almost the entire thing. And when Kingston would get a bit of fire under him, you know, and using his, uh, and he wasn't really playing into the heel thing either because the fans were into Kingston and loudly into Kingston. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, it was just wasn't what the fans wanted to see. They, they were an Eddie Kingston crowd and CM Punk is that guy that they've been, you know, it's that fried chicken meal, man, five times in a row. They were sick right. of it. All right, um, I'm going to need you to walk me through this one, too. This is the Inner Circle versus Men of the Year, Ethan Page and Scorpio. This is a fantastic name. Um, not since the world's greatest tag team have I loved a tag team name more. Uh, Men of the Year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky versus America and, and American Top Team of Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky, former UFC heavyweight champions, and Dan, Dan Lambert. Lambert, who is their coach. In a Minneapolis street fight. So we have a, so just on the same stupid card, you have a false count anywhere match and a Minneapolis street fight, which are basically the same match. That's what I'm um, saying. Repetition I, is the killer of this one. I wanted to see this because again, big junior Dos Santos fan, big MMA fan. Um, I figured it would be a fun garbage match. I'm not gonna lie, I slept through the whole thing. How, how was it? Whew, it was it was it was not great, Mark. So I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you, it's the same inner circle match that you've seen all the time. So it's you know, go get the gimmicks under the ring, brawl into the crowd. We'll use a stunt bump off a ramp. All the different gimmicks that you've seen: Sammy Guevara breaking out a ladder and doing like a super swanton. You know, uh, mm -hmm. all this type of stuff that you got to see. And then of course you got to the 
end result, which was, well, I mean, listen, they were having some fun interactions with the, uh, with the UFC guys. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, MMA guys, I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, Arlovsky and all the boys got into it. You had, um, you know, Junior Del Santos hitting a move, all kinds of fun stuff that they were doing, but it was like one-off spots. The mm -hmm. part in the match that everybody wanted to get was Dan Lambert being cornered uh, by Chris Jericho. And Jericho it, it finally for a Bobby Heenan spot. The Bobby Heenan spot. And we ended up getting that. So one, so anyway, Inner Circle goes over again. Yes, you know, it, it happened. Uh, but one of the things that, was hilarious here was it was Eddie Guerrero night. So everybody was doing tributes to Eddie Guerrero mm -hmm. and Chris Jericho at the end of this one finished Dan Lambert with the frog splash. Now, Chris Jericho was not the same Chris Jericho that he was years ago on night show. This is not the Lionheart. This is the lard ass Chris Jericho <laughs> climbing that top rope and squashing. And I mean, King Kong Bundy style on poor Dan Lambert. But what was funny, you watch the end of this match and it's worth going back to see. So he's looking into the camera and he's pointing up and he's going, I love you, Eddie. I love you, brother. I love you, Eddie. And he's looking down. He's seeing where the camera is. So he's sort of like, I love you, Eddie. I love you, Eddie. I love you. Oh, my God. How great is Eddie Guerrero? But he's really playing it up. And it is like, oh, my God, this is insulting. Like, you know, he really wants to see somebody show him on camera doing this. It, it didn't feel authentic. But this this was this was not good. Like, get this off my screen. Sloppy, sloppy in execution. We've seen it a million times with the inner circle. It's the same brawl match they've had with, uh, with uh, MJF's group, the um, the pinnacle. Same match, literally. And in our main event, Hangman. How many times they've done Adam Page versus Omega? They, they, not, I, not many. He's lost them at least maybe. once. I feel I, I, I kept thinking like oh, maybe this was the final one in the trilogy, but I'm like this might have only been the second time they, they've wrestled. Yeah, was they haven't really like straight up uh, Omega versus Page matches? Not many. So they they had the one with with Cinderella. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Beautiful. Listen to those golden tones. Night songs. You know, if you're listening to me screech into the microphone, and uh, when your hearing returns, and you're like, "What the hell was he rambling about?" I'm rambling about the band Cinderella. Yes. And do you know Chris Bailey? where you can hear more Cinderella. It might be on the same place where I was listening to some Firehouse. Yes. Love of a Lifetime, which was love on Amazon lifetime. Music. You know what Finally I saw? Finally found the love. Of Sorry, go ahead. Remember Mr. Big? Oh, uh, what, what they're like, they're two, now they had two songs. Yes. What was their second song? To Be With You and? Oh, God. Oh, music Man. Damn it. Do you have oh, a, a green tinted 60s I, mind I, no i don't remember that's what it was green tinted 60s mind was their second hit but yeah to okay. be with you remember oh, uh, little girl you don't know, know what you <laughs> remember um now we need pat mullen remember great white what's beaten twice oh yeah god yes hell yes they were you know you can find them. all of those on amazon, amazon music. music that's hell right yes. baby woo and we are giving a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. Um, you can stream all you want for 30 days once you click the link and fill out the information and agree um, agree to the, use the service. And if you like it, after 30 days, you can keep it, pay the monthly fee like you do with Spotify or Apple Music. If you don't, you can cancel it. No fuss, no must, no contracts, no pains in the butt. And you can listen to, you don't want to hear me sing? That's fine. Who would? But you can hear the professionals. You can hear you could hear Skid Row slave to the grind, Chris Bailey. Yes. 
I have my Amazon music track list right here. This is my history. Look Let me that. tell you what I got on here. I hate myself for loving you by Joan. Yes. Hill. Hold on by Wilson Phillips. <laughs> this guy. All right. People listening to this, like I'm 20, you old people. <laughs> <laughs> the hell. <laughs> I don't know who <laughs> these bands are. Um, anyway. So that's uh, getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network. And when you watch Adam Page wrestle Kenny Omega, you can relive that great video package that they did when the when the tag team split up, where night where Cinderella is saying, don't know what you got till it's gone, which was the, my perfect. favorite moment of wrestling of last year. It was perfect. It was perfect. It really was. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I mean, they had their match, I think, when they broke up. Then Adam Page had his opportunity at Kenny Omega at least once and he lost. And so this is his second shot at Kenny Omega for the title and maybe third overall. Yes. Correct. If I'm remembering I, my math correctly. I believe, I believe you are correct. And this one, this one was um, a lot of the same. However, I think they really upped the game. So they did a lot of the, the greatest hits that we've seen throughout the night, throughout the four hours. There was a lot of repetition layered in. But by the time you got here, I think people were ready to embrace um, Adam Page. It wasn't like a CM Punk where this thing mm -hmm. has been beat to death. I think fans are genuinely into this. I don't think, think they could have waited any longer. I, no, 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 no. Boy, was was this pony about to ride out the door? But yeah. uh, I think it's right time. And my question is, do you keep the belt on Adam Page? Is this the guy you want to run your company around? Or do you need like a quick, shocking turnaround? Do you need a Miro just grabbing that belt on a house show type of shit? What, what, what would you do here? I think he gets beat at the next pay-per-view, but the next pay-per-view won't happen until Revolution, which is March. Right. So you got a little bit of time to get through your dynamites and have a couple big defenses against, you know, your Japanese guys and your different guys. But do you put it on Daniel Bryan? My my thought is no. This is this is the one where Daniel Bryan needs to drop the belt. Or well, I, I don't I think they I think they do Daniel Bryan versus Hangman at whatever the winter special dynamite is. Let's, oh, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's call right. it winter is coming too. electric boogaloo. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I think they do Daniel Bryan versus hangman page at winter is, is coming too, And Kenny Omega and the elite come out and fuck Daniel Bryan. And then, um, and then they have their new year show, right? They have their Christmas. If they, if they follow the pattern of last year, they do a special Christmas show. They do a special New Year's show. And I think you have a lot of Daniel Bryan and Adam Page as a tag team. Daniel Bryan and Adam Page, uh, you know, versus the elite, that kind of a thing. Different combinations. I, I hate those builds. I hate those buildups. I, I, but I think this is how you keep them busy. I think um, so, yeah. And then I think, um, and then while all of this is happening, I think you're, you're building up Miro and you're building up Miro. And then I think, be between January and March, Adam Page goes over on clean on Daniel Bryan on a special episode of Dynamite. I think he has one more match against Kenny Omega, goes over him clean on a special uh, on a special night of Dynamite. And I think and I think after so let's say like Christmas, New Year's, Beach Bash, right? Yes. That gets you all the way through February. Yeah. Um. And and there and there you have uh you know at Adam Page, he's conquered everybody. And, you know, as he's standing over Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks are, you know, the dead. <laughs> Adam Cole is being stretchered out. He's defeated everybody. There are no, he has conquered everyone. There is nobody left. And he's standing there with the belt. And Miro comes up behind him and tears his head off and drinks his blood. 
Oh, I would love it. And I think you need to do a signature win too. If mm-hmm. you're going over the top of Miro, it needs to be an absolutely dominant. Well, that's what I'm I think I think Miro. Crippling. I think after like Beach Bash, Miro comes up behind Adam Page and just wrecks shit, and then they they make their match for Revolution, and Miro beats him. I think so too. And I, and I mean, puts them over like significantly too. So I think where we're going to go. So I think this is sort of like the reset button. I think this Mm -hmm. is the end game because they sort of put a pretty little bow on different things. And Mm -hmm. one of the stories they were trying to tell in this, uh, you know, Kenny Omega and and Adam page were exchanging finishers and he puts them away with the one winged angel. You know what I mean? Really, 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 really cool. You know, beating a guy with mm-hmm. his finishing. Was that the finish? I think it was, wasn't it? Did he it was something like that, which, which reminds me like the big, the big guess was that Adam page was going to kick out of the one winged angel. It's like the one thing they haven't done yet. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but I'll tell you what, th- this match was, I thought really, really good. I think it did deliver. Uh, is it late in the show? Did that hurt a little bit? Yeah. Yes. But one of the stories that they told, Early, early on in the career of Adam Page, when he was getting that main event push, the mm-hmm. Young Bucks said that that when he gets that shot, that they were going to be there in his corner. Now, you got to understand the story up to now, he was fighting against the elite. So the Young Bucks were his enemies, okay? Mm-hmm. The Young Bucks come out and they stand in his corner and they do not interfere in the match. So they they lived up to their promise to their friend. So mm-hmm. that's an extra layer. So as he was getting ready to finish him off with the buckshot lariat, they let it happen. They didn't interfere. They didn't grab his foot. They let it happen. And mm-hmm. they sort of stood there during the celebration, which I thought was a really, really, really cool moment. And he looked down waiting for them to sort of, you know, grab his foot or to interfere. And they just sort of, he just nodded to him and let him execute the move and finish his, finish the, uh, the guy off. So is this the end of the elite? Well, right. I was going to say, like, do you see like a Kenny Omega, um, good brothers, Versus the super click match in the future. Maybe, you know, maybe that maybe. maybe that's the next three hour dynamite main event. Maybe the elite no longer contains Kenny Omega. Maybe that's a possibility. Maybe we can do the the transition between, you know, the Triple H Shawn Michaels DX, which is which was fascinating to me mm-hmm. at the time. So and plus you got all those guys waiting in the wings, waiting to join this elite. All these, all these bear cats and the carrion crosses and all the other turkeys that are sitting in the wings on the unemployment line. Right That's now. true. So like if they're gonna bring in I don't know what's the rumor right now. Um who's rumored? I know I've heard the fiend is rumored to come in, and that's another wrinkle. Um that actually be right. would be a good like let's let's get Kenny Omega to the point where he has one more shot against Adam Page and gets beaten. And I think that's where they do the kick out of the one winged angel. Yeah. And then um, while Miro is drinking Adam Page's blood, there's the fiend tickling Kenny Omega's sack, you know, and now, <laughs> <laughs> and, and now Kenny Omega has to deal with magic. <laughs> I like that idea. I like that idea. Actually, there's, there's a, listen, there's a lot of possibilities. I think that mm-hmm. one of the messages in wrestling right now in 2021 that's exciting is that anything is possible. There's lots of talent that are floating around waiting to debut. And I think that uh, 2022 is going to be an exciting year, sir. And this pay-per-view right. was, was pretty damn good. We're just assuming that, you know, XPWG wrestler Keith Lee is going to join his friends in AEW. And we're just assuming that, you know, former Impact star Karrion Cross, uh, Killer Cross, I'm not calling Karrion Cross anymore, Killer Cross yeah. is going to show up in AEW. But we might be wrong about both things. I have not had my ear to the ground to hear what the rumors are. I've only, the last thing I heard about was Braun Strowman was supposed to show up an impact at some point and that the fiend was negotiating with AEW. I haven't heard anything else. Now think about the pop that you'll see when, 
you know, you're standing in the ring, the bad guys are there, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden the music hits. The big Titan Tron or the AEW Tron lights up and it says Bearcat. Um, I asked you a but I asked you a question. Please please answer the, the, the judge is ordering you to answer the question. Okay, go. Have you heard about any of the mo- more recently released people showing up in AEW? Uh, no, only the same rumors that you heard. And that was early on rumors. So I haven't really followed up to see if there's any movement on those things. But mm-hmm. I heard basically the same thing you did. I heard there was some noise about Bray Wyatt for Impact. I don't know how far that he got in those negotiations, especially since, you know, Impact and AEW has severed their relationship. So I don't know if there's any truth to that or not. But All right. Last thing I'm going to ask you, and then uh, we can close out for the day. Uh, Ring of Honor has... has going to do they're going to do final battle and harry harry broadhurst and i are going to review final battle for our monthly look at the indies um which is basically what ring of honor has become um so after final battle everyone's free to go die in the manner they see fit uh who do you who do you think aew grabs from what's left of ring of honor so you got to ask yourself, are they interested in Roosh? Uh, do they go after Briscoes? Do they go, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a bit of talent there, but my thought is that will they be purchased? Who is going to take, I, I think that, you know, ROH as a product is on a chopping block. So does yeah. it become a feeder system for AEW? Is Tony Khan going to flex his monetary muscle and take mm-hmm. over? It's all contingent on, on, on where, you know, what the financial future of ROH looks like. Well, I was going to say, so, like, you know, AEW might want to just purchase from Sinclair Ring of Honor for the same reason that, like, WWE wanted WCW other than the ability to say we bought our competition. Right. Um, that aside, what they got with WCW was the library. That was what was valuable because certainly right. the brand wasn't. The, the brand so, had turned to garbage. And I think there's a lot of talent that's in Ring of Honor that you don't necessarily want to transfer over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that. Well, I think they're all released. You know, like I don't. I yeah, don't they're, think... they're 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 released. Right. Yes, that that is correct. But they're still, you know, considered. I'm a Ring of Honor guy. And now Jay Lethal mm-hmm. showed up at this show, which was right. an interesting thing. Now I don't know if you heard the allegations against Jay Lethal, which I did, and that's why everyone was like, of all the people, Woo. Jay Lethal. Like Harry and I talked about that with Will Ospreay. Like I, I assumed Will Ospreay was done with New Japan and was going to jump to AEW to feud with Kenny Omega, and he was like, he can't. He's locked into New Japan, and I'm like, oh, okay. It's then. funny. It's funny that the guy who does one of the best Ric Flair impressions is following suit with the Nature Boy <laughs> on the same legal stream. Anyway, Woo! Um, Woo! <laughs> yes, I, I understand Jay Lethal is problematic. My yeah. just, just so we can we can c- conclude this discussion. If I'm AEW and I'm looking at streamable content, I'm looking at owning video libraries, you know, I'm looking at, you know, how do we, how do we beef up our product without necessarily signing a hundred guys to our roster, a hundred more guys. Yep. Maybe, you know, if Sinclair is basically willing to sell the brand name and the video library to AEW, I actually think that would be a good purchase for anyone that ends up coming over. Now you've got the ring of honor. I mean, because every time the WWE does a package on, Old, all you know, Steen or or Generico or um, Punk or Daniel or, or Brian Daniels, they have to lease out that video footage, right? Right. So, there, what if you one, own it? That's what I'm saying. And I, honest to God, I think that if we're talking about Ring of Honor, I think it's going to be a Tony Khan owned property mm-hmm. uh, by the end of, by the middle of next year. And yeah, I don't. Tape, I don't think that they tape library is, is important. Right. That's the thing. Is, I don't. I don't think they restart Ring of Honor. Let's put it this way. There's only a zillion 
like indies right now. Right. I don't even know where, you know, and, and at this point, you know what's become Ring of Honor? Impact. So, like, do you right really, really need a Ring of Honor in, at this point? I think Ring of Honor has sort of outlived its usefulness. And even if you and even if you don't like that, okay, I'll tell you what the other Ring of Honor is. MLW. I, I love him. I, at some Have point, I can't even tell the difference anymore between some of these. Yep. Ring of Honor, uh, MLW is probably one of the most, um, like, NWA sort of gone away in the shuffle. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's it's well, like they got an a show internet. coming up. Hard times too. I know, I, 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 I know, but you know what I mean. Their their prominence on the scene mm-hmm. when they were on YouTube, they had a little bit of a following gathered. They mm-hmm. went premium there for a while, and I think it's just went. Yeah, sure. Same with Ring of Honor. That's sort of gone away. And the only thing, the only, the indestructible company besides Impact is MLW, and right. they're still alive. And man, let me tell you something. You watch that product recently; it's still a solid product. They make the talent that they have there work, and it yeah, just, I've, it just I've heard. Works. I've heard what's his face Hammerstone versus um, Fatu was uh, pretty good. Ooh, it was a banger. You'll you'll yeah. really like it. I, I watched it, it. No, no, I watched Wait. it. Yeah, I loved it. Yep. Hammerstone Hammer- going over was great. Yeah, Hammerstone actually looks like a, like a star. You know, he I think does. he's during wasting the best years of his life on a product nobody watches. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I I just I feel like if anyone if anyone in this game is smart they'll Sinclair will just take what they can get for ring of honor and probably get it from Tony Khan and be done with this and just move on Correct. with life. Agreed. All right. That's our, that is our a- ending with ring of honor. That is our AEW full gear uh, review. Solid show, solid night of wrestling. No major complaints other than, nope. you know, t- too long and, you know, repetition, too much of the same kind of wrestling, but Hey, some people like that sort of thing. Yes, sir. Especially um, Excalibur. All right. Um, I don't. Are you coming? Are you coming on the Mania WrestleMania tomorrow? As far as I know. All right. Yep. So tomorrow, Chris Bailey and I and Pat Mullen will be doing the Mania WrestleMania ten. Um, t- next Tuesday, the twenty third, right before Thanksgiving. Oh my God, Chris Bailey! New World Order. The Podsmen are reunited. Thank God! I cannot wait for that show. That is going to be super fun. Christian back in the mix. That's right. Christian is back, baby. And he's better than ever. And he's bringing the moments. It's all about the moments. And he's bringing it back. So 10 a.m. Tuesday, the 23rd, we will be reviewing Survivor Series. Yes. And then Chris Bailey is going into the woods to live deliberately. And we'll see him in January at the Royal Rumble. Oh, I cannot wait. I'll be one of the surprise entrants back from a back from a critical injury in December. And we booed like Rey Mysterio was when everyone thought it was <laughs> gonna be Daniel Bryan. <laughs> like, comment, and subscribe. We are on all your podcatchers, Apple Music, Spotify. Uh, we live stream all of our video shows on Twitch and YouTube. And you can catch all of our YouTube shows once they have been uh, uploaded, recorded, and whatnot. Uh, w2mnet.com is the website and uh, type w2mnet anywhere where you listen to anything or watch anything and we will be there um chris bailey what do you got going on these days when's your next elf quest show that's coming up this week hopefully i was just talking to, to mr sheehan there earlier this week and we're trying to arrange that so that should be coming out very soon hopefully launch for next week and now you're whoring yourself to other shows aren't you uh only not this month that's coming up okay 
not nothing in December at all. So January we'll get we'll get to see some other some other action. But I've uh, my You've been whoring schedule... yourself to other shows. You were on the Wizards podcast. What else were you I've on? I've been on there a couple. I've been uh, let me see. I've been over with uh, with Doc from Superblog Team Up on his podcast. Where we're doing some magazines and monsters uh, type stuff. We were talking about some Jack Kirby stuff, which was super fun, and uh, hanging out with Mister Sheehan. And of course, you you, you occupy my most of my life. I'm dedicated. <laughs> Chris Bailey is like Snoop Dogg. You say podcast and he just appears. I do. I do. And I'm, I'm like I'm like Christian Cage at the top of our screen up here. You see that? I'm doing that. <laughs> Waiting for my turn. Um the Superblog team up is on hiatus. I there you we canceled the October one. You were going to do it in December, but now you're living in the woods to live deliberately. So, whatever coming I, back. I I haven't made my mind up on the December one yet. We'll see what the uh, what the folks want to say. So I right think you now, should right lay now. it until St. Patrick's Day, and the theme should be drunkenness. <laughs> <laughs> the theme should be the Superblog team up. The Superblog team up drinks itself blind. I'm just I'm just going to rebrand it the Super Pod team up and just have it exclusively <laughs> for us. <laughs> All right, folks, that's it. Uh, thanks for joining us here on TV Party tonight for our um, for yeah. I don't know why I'm struggling with this right now. Thank you very much for joining us on TV Party Tonight. For Chris Bailey, I'm Mark Radelich. Be well, be safe, and behave.